Welcome to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. My website's educateforlife.org. If you want to pick up a recording of a show, you can check my website out. Check us out on the YouTube channel or on the podcast. I have a fantastic guest today. Uh, his name is Dumasani Washington, and he is a part of the Institute for Black Solidarity with Israel. Uh, just a couple days ago, he actually uh, had the honor of being a teacher on Prager University. If you know who Dennis Prager is, huge radio show, uh, huge radio uh, personality. And uh, you can check out Prager U. In two days, it already has over 677,000 views. And so what this tells me is, is that this is an important issue, the issue of Zionism. And uh, Dumasani, you just recently, uh, did you just come out with a book, Zionism and the Black Church? I did, Kevin. It was released uh, 2014. Okay, fantastic. And so I wanted to talk to you about this. I mean, this is an issue that a lot of Christians are, are kind of, um, their mind's probably fuzzy about as, as far as, hey, what is Zionism? Should I be pro-Zionism? Why do some people call Zionism racism? You know, there's all this confusion over these, these subjects. Right. And you yourself, I'd, uh, I'd, I'm interested, how did you come to have such a focus on Zionism as a uh, Bible-believing Christian? Well, um my Christian roots, uh, Kevin, uh, were based in the, the segregated South. In other words, I was born in Little Rock, Arkansas. Uh, I didn't grow up there. I grew up in California. We moved when I was a baby. I was the youngest of seven children. Uh, but my parents were very, very active Christians at King Solomon Baptist Church, uh, and they raised us that way. And in the traditional black Baptist tradition, uh, there's a great deal of what we call spiritual Zionism, songs and teachings, preachings those types of things, which is kind of based on a lot of the whole, the Negro spirituals during the slave days, mm. go down Moses, all those type of things. So you had a lot of that. There was always this spiritual identification, everything from slavery to freedom, Moses, Harriet Tubman, the great abolitionist, her name was Moses, that type of thing. So you, that was very standard issue uh, for us. And so there was always this fascination for me as a young kid, I got saved at a young age. And so my parents bought us Bibles and everything, and, and they weren't religious fanatics in the sense. In other words, they didn't buy us Bibles and then make us read and you better read this many chapters. They just bought us, they took us to church and everything like that. We we're in the choir, all those type of things. So church was just a part of our lives. Yeah. So part of that spiritual Zionism, that foundation was there. Uh, and then there was a fascination as I got older with wanting to know, I, I would read about the Israelites all the time. I'm, I'm, I read the Old Testament as much as I read the New Testament. I, yeah. just, I just did. I was fascinated with Exodus and, 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 and Genesis and, and Joshua and all those types of things. And there was always this fascination with the, the Jewish people, the Israelites, and, you know, the whole history and everything. It didn't make sense at the time. I was really young. It made yeah. more sense later on. And yeah. That's where it started for me. Now, it's really interesting to me because, um, you know, I know that in the black community, there's a group that actually goes in a different direction that you did. You know, they look into it and they say, hey, uh, n no, I'm not. I'm not pro-Zionist. Um, and you are you have an emphasis on educating um, specifically the young black community on why they should be pro-Zionist. And in a nutshell, I mean, what's your argument why they should be pro-Zionist? And what, what is the movement against it that says, hey, Zionism is racism. Zionism is not uh, pro-black. Uh, it's a bad thing. Right. Um, what, what's the two different sides there? Well, the, the second part of the question um, is a, what we, more of a modern phenomenon. In other words, mm. uh, what I was given in terms of the history, not just my own, but just hundreds of years, uh, in terms of the, the whole black narrative, the slave narrative, the civil rights, those types of things, there was always a deep, deep identification with Israel and the Jewish people. That was just there. When I mean by modern, I'm saying since the modern state of Israel, Israel's independence in 1948, mm -hmm. you had a lot of forces that sought to and continue to seek to delegitimize the state, whether it was the former Soviet Union, the Arab states that tried to destroy Israel in the first place. And from there came a lot of rhetoric, a lot of propaganda that yeah. was oftentimes targeted at 
disaffected groups. I put in that in quotation marks because people can't see me. Uh, folks that, uh, that were discriminated against, those types of things. And so Zionism is racism, even the term that you use. That yeah. was actually codified in 1975 with a UN resolution that was passed with the Soviet Union and the Arab states backing after the 1973 war, which was one of the four major wars in which Israel's enemies tried to destroy it, couldn't do it. So they began to delegitimize it politically. Mm. And so what you've had, that's why I say it's modern. It's not a, it's not a, it, you go back in terms of black history. There's no anti-Zionist movement. There's no anti-Semitism to speak of, so to speak. Yeah. That originated specifically in 1975. I, I would say it got ramped up even more. So then, so what you had was then back up just a tiny bit more Yasser Arafat, the PLO, he reaches out to the Black Panthers, the militant black movement, that whole thing. You had a lot of that false connection, this whole um, the, the whole narrative, which was started actually by uh, Gabo Nasser, who was actually the, uh, the, the, uh, the leader of Egypt at the time of the what was the Arab states, the Arab mm-hmm. powers at the time. The part of the whole narrative was that these are fake Jews. They're not even real. They're Khazars. They came from Europe. They came and they colonized. They're Europeans that, that, that came and, and started. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. And the Prager University video that you just spoke to, uh, one of the things we talk about is not only that the Jews returned from Europe. Yeah. Because the, the biblical narrative is that God said he would scatter them to the four corners of the earth, mm-hmm. but then he would gather them again. Yeah. Biblical Zionism for the Christians is believing that this gathering is a God thing, not a United Nations thing. Yeah. And so you do And that's have, in prophecy in the Old Testament. It's all absolutely. over the place. It's all, it's yeah. from the, from the Torah, from from the, from the law to the prophets to the writings all throughout the scriptures, even when you walk into the New Testament, we oftentimes point out the fact that in Acts chapter 1, Jesus has now risen. He's talking to his disciples. And what's one of the last questions they ask him? Lord, are you going to restore self-rule to, to Israel? Mm-hmm. Why are they asking that question? Because they're Israelites. They're Jews. Yeah. And they believe he's Messiah. But the Romans are still in charge of everything. So they're waiting for what they understand as Jews to be the Messiah's quest. He's going to restore self-rule to Israel. Of course, yeah. we know he goes on to say, go and wait in Jerusalem for the promise of the Father. But he never discounts what they say. He doesn't yeah. say it's not going to happen. He says yeah. the Father has that in his own timing. So that's Zionism in a nutshell. They're saying, that they're, in other words, the original apostles, they were Zionists. Yeah. Yeah. So, and in, for our listeners, for those of you who are listening who aren't really in tune with uh, this whole conversation or this the background behind this Zionism in its essence is just simply the idea that Israel deserves to be a state. Is that correct? Absolutely. Yeah. Now, now that being the case, um, why would somebody say, I mean, all you all, all we're saying here is, Hey, Z- this is biblical prophecy. It's right. in the Bible. God has said he's going to right. draw people from all the nations of the earth. Right. And right. Um, so why would somebody say that that's racism? Is it racism in the sense that, People are saying that you think that Jews are better or you right. think somebody else is worse or what? what well, is that have, racism? to me, you have two different aspects of it. You have what is an anti-Semitism, which is, is, is one of the oldest hatreds in the world. I mean, everything from Moses in Egypt and, and the Pharaoh and all that type of thing. And the Romans. And Absolutely. Else, the yeah. Persians, everything. There's the, the, the Jewish people have a saying that they quote every Passover and every age. Every generation, there have been those who've risen up to destroy us. Mm-hmm. But the Holy One, blessed be he, he has preserved us. And it's no other way to explain it for us as Christians. How did it just a small group of people who've been targeted for millennia, yeah. why are they still here? Why, yeah. why do they still exist? Well, there has to be some sort of explanation for that. Yeah. And we believe that it's God. It's a God explanation. But along with that, again, when you're talking about the whole racism part, mm-hmm. again, and I, I emphasize it again, the propaganda. If Kevin, if I wanted to delegitimize your existence yeah. and I kept trying to fight against you and your family, kept losing, and if I wanted the world opinion to be against you, I would put out every nasty, vile thing I could about you so that at the very least, everybody would just hate you. Yeah. And that's part of the whole anti-Zionist thing. If you say that, we say this all the time, Israel is the only state that we talk about 
about, about whether or not it should exist. Nobody wakes up in the morning and goes, I don't think Iran should exist anymore. Yeah. I don't think Kenya should exist anymore. Yeah. But somehow we have those types of philosophical conversations about Israel, this tiny state the size of New Jersey in the yeah. Middle East. We talk about whether or not it has the right, who even says the right to exist? Nobody says that even. Yeah. But yeah. when it comes to the Jews and the state of Israel, somehow it's okay to have that conversation. Yeah. yeah. And and you put in your book, you talk, you know, your book, um, why is this such a big issue, you know, uh, with with the election coming up and who you're in November and yes. with the new president that's going to step in. Yes. Um, yes. This is a cutting edge issue. And yes. specifically, right. why is it an issue that uh, the black community should care about? Why is that something it, that it's you- interesting because and this is what we tell young people as we're traveling across the country and, and pastors and everything, mm-hmm. whether they're black pastors or the pastors well, but particularly in the black church. Yeah. That even though the black community is some like 12 percent of the population, somehow its opinion of Zionism is Dr. King in the 1960s. They go to Dr. King. What do you have to say about it? Here he is fighting for civil rights for his own people. Yeah. But the world wants to know what he thinks about why. Because what he says carries weight. Because if somebody from the black community says something about oppression and Zionism and racism type of thing, maybe it has more weight. Is that true? Maybe, maybe not. But at least that's the perception. Yeah. So this is part of what goes on now. So this modern day fight is focused more so now than ever before during Operation Protective Edge in 2014 when Israel had one of its many conflicts with Gaza, the Hamas in Gaza. What you had was the delegitimizers of Israel began a conflation of from Ferguson to Palestine. In other words, what was going on in Ferguson, Missouri at that same time Mm -hmm. was happening. The the war was going on in Israel and you had Israel's enemy saying just the same way that cops are oppressing black people in Ferguson. So are the Israelis. None of that had anything to do. They were apples and oranges had nothing to do with each other, but and you're talking to people and it's an emotional appeal, a mm. propaganda appeal, yeah. and you're not going to look at facts and what's actually going on on the ground. So you begin to have a heart for the, the Palestinians Absolutely. because you're comparing the situation. Absolutely. And that's been going on since the 60s. Okay. Yes. Now, what, what percentage of the, the uh, black church is pro-Zionist? Uh, and and is not or, or what's that battle you're waging there? I, I, we don't know about it by in terms of church. What we do know, and I'm, I'm quoting, and I can send it to you because I'm, sure. I'm kind of doing it by memory here. Sure. There were different uh, polls that were taken by Pew, a couple of other huge organizations, even from the last forty years till now. Yeah, and what I can tell you is that. From when I'm, if I'm not mistaken, and I'll give you the, the figures, the overwhelming majority of the black community is pro-Israel. Yeah, they may not be very involved in the political issues, those types of things, but they're not. You have you have always had an anti-Zionist fringe yeah. within the black community. Um, the whole targeting the community, the race relations, those types of things would sometimes make it somewhat more than it would be in other demographics. Once yeah. again, you have a lot of stuff that's directed at the black community, but is it has always been a misnomer that some sort of majority of the black community is anti-Israel. It, is, it has never been true mm. and it's not true today. Okay. So that's just a total myth. Yes. Okay. Now, um, as far as the Israelis and Palestinians are concerned today yes. and what's happening today, um, mm. what, how are they twisting the facts as far as, uh, you know, the Palestinians are being oppressed by the Jews and, and all this this whole movement that the right. Israelis don't deserve to exist. The Palestinians are the refugees. Right. I mean, the title of the, the video that you did for uh, Prager, Prager U is why is there still Palestinian refugees? Right. Right. And so uh, what information needs to be corrected here that's being misunderstood by the general public? It's a broad topic, but in, in a nutshell, uh, Kevin, you have a situation where Israel, the modern state of Israel, Gained its independence in 1948. Mm-hmm. Has a population even now, 20% of it is Arab, both Christian and Muslim. And most people don't know that. They absolutely don't know that. No, yeah. no, they're, they're Arab. I mean, that serve in the parliament, which they call the Knesset. 
There's an Arab Israeli who actually is part of their uh, Supreme Court. They serve in the IDF. They serve in the in the in the police forces. I mean, you have Arab Muslims and Christians who have been a part of Israel since it's founded in 1948, who fight, die for defending the nation. While the war I just referred to in 2014, Arab Muslims who serve in the IDF, they died as well as the Jews who actually served and died as well. That has always been the case. Mm -hmm. So the, the struggle has been, other than the propaganda itself, you have within the Palestinian territories that are controlled by Palestinian leadership. Today, there would be two, two territories, Gaza to the south, the West Bank, that's called, that's actually Judea and Samaria, which is controlled by the Palestinian Authority. Yeah. Gaza is controlled by Hamas. They are totalitarian regimes. They are anti-freedom regimes. They're anti-religious freedom regimes. There's uh, honor killings that go on with women. There, there's no, there's, there's no freedom like you have in terms of voting. Yeah. Uh, Mahmoud Abbas, who's the Palestinian Authority president, he served, I believe, the 13th year of his four-year term because he refuses to have elections. Hamas. They are terrorists. They are the ones who use their people to sacrifice as human shields. What they do, they oppress their own people. Yeah. And then they put it out that Israel is oppressing their people. It's quite fascinating, but that's pretty much what's happening. On yeah. The do you yeah. think that anti-Zionism is on the rise? Is that something that's that's growing or? I don't. My opinion, my opinion, yeah. I don't think it's on the rise. I think, Kevin, what's happening because we're seeing. So, so my, my main role, Institute for Black Solidarity with Israel, is a media role that I do to get out information I, my activist role is as the diversity outreach coordinator for Christians United for Israel, the largest praise organization in the country at almost 3 million members. So I have the opportunity to travel around and see different, different, I'm the diversity outreach coordinator. I work with the Native American community, the Latino community in it. And I can tell you, but from my vantage point, dealing with the, the good, bad, and the ugly of what's going on, yeah. I don't think there's a growing anti-Zionist movement. I think there's a more vocal anti-Zionist movie. You have media, you have those other types yeah. of things. But just the fact that Kufi has just about clocking 3 million members and it's about 10 years old yeah. and it continues to grow exponentially lets us know that there are plenty of Christians out there of different ethnic backgrounds who not only want to stand with Israel, but want to be an activist about it as well. They want yeah. to do something to help Israel and the Jewish people. Yeah. And for yeah. the Christians out there who are thinking, hey, why is this even a big deal? Why should I be a Zionist? Yes. Um, what would your answer be to them? Why for, should they be a Zionist? The event that we're going to do here tonight with Stand With Us, that's mm-hmm. who's hosting it there at Skyline, yeah. uh, is called uh, why, basically, why the, kind of what you're saying now, it, Zionism and justice is what we're talking about. What are yeah. the justice issues for Christians particularly? Yeah. And Kevin, among many other things, what you have is biblically, first and foremost, we are called to stand with Israel. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem, bless those who bless thee, curse those who curse thee, Mm -hmm. but also the justice aspect of it beyond there. Not only is it true that the Palestinians are being oppressed by their own people, like we said before, Mm -hmm. religious freedom. As Christians, we recognize that there's a genocide that's going on. It's been going on for several years. One Christian dies every five minutes. And those particularly in places like Libya, Iraq, Syria, Guess the one place in the entire region where Christians are free? Israel. Yeah. Israel yeah. is doing more to defend Christians, sadly, than our own nation is doing. Wow. So just for that issue alone, if the mm-hmm. Bible says in Hebrews 13, pray for those who are in chains yeah. as if you were with them. Yeah. We have our Jewish friends in the Middle East who are defending. I tell this all over the country. I have Israeli friends who constantly contact me and they say, Pastor Dumisani, we see the work that Kufa is doing and everything. Yeah. Why aren't more Christians Saying more, because so, Syria, if you know the geography, it's right there. It's on yeah. the other side of a fence. Oh, yeah. They hear the fighting. Yeah. They know who's being slaughtered. They're saying, why aren't the Christians in the United States saying more about their brothers being slaughtered? Israel, when they can come into safety, they've had 
triage units and hospitals in the northern part of their country for years, long before even the quote-unquote Arab Spring. Wow. They were already there, but here they are being demonized as this this evil kind of racist oppression, oppression, oppressive regime, sorry. Yeah, yeah. And what it is is we recognize that because of what they're doing for the Christian community, both biblically and then in terms of justice, Christians should be the first ones to defend the state of Israel and the Jewish people. Yeah. This is part of the answer that we tell them. Now, there's more to it than that, but that's usually the top of the list for me. Christians are being slaughtered. These are our brothers and sisters in Christ. At least Israel is out there. It's on the front lines. Could yeah. we go a step beyond praying for them and actually raise our voices for a strong U.S.-Israel relationship? If we see our government doing things that are harmful yeah. to Israel, not just because of our biblical faith, but yeah. we, in terms of justice, in terms of what's actually going on on the ground in terms of people. Absolutely. And this is how we are appealing to the millennials particularly. They, they are the very active group of people and they want to be involved. Seeking justice, seeking action. I don't want to just talk. I want to see something done. Absolutely. Yeah. This is one of the things that KUFI has been doing. I'm so proud of it. I mean, they take millennials, college students to Israel and we, and not a propaganda tour. Let's go to the yeah. nation. Let's see. Let's talk to Palestinians. Let's talk to Israelis. Let's talk to Christians. Let's talk to Muslims. Let's have conversations with people about what's really yeah. going on to a person. They'll tell you, we love this place. We'll defend this place. Go back home and tell your people to stand with us. Yeah. And we hear that all the time. Yeah. There's yes. a bunch of organizations here in San Diego that are actually very involved with the Syrian refugee situation. Wow. Praise wow. God. Yeah, I've had several yeah. guests on the show who've actually gone over to Syria. Young people, like yeah. you said. Yes. Young people. A girl, uh, 24 years old, wow. just went over there and, and yeah. uh, is working there and doing yeah. amazing things. Yeah. But um, yeah. so if somebody wants to get involved with Kufi, yes. uh, what's the website and how can they how can they do that? Two things. Go on kufi.org, kufi.org. And not only and when you do the first thing that will pop up is we have a summit in uh, July every year. It's coming up July 18th and 19th. Um, they can go on that website. They can register for the summit. Uh, it is a tremendous time. We had over 5,000 Christian Zionists from all over the country. Wow. And different countries as well. Nigeria, Kenya. I mean, this is, it is a move of God. Dr. John Hagee from Cornerstone Church, he started this organization, but he'll be the first one to tell you this is completely a God thing. This is beyond denomination, beyond ethnicity, different denomination, you, regardless to who their, what their background is as Christians. So if they want to, we would love for them to come. If, they, if their hearts are being stirred to yeah. do more than pray for Israel, yeah. which is a great thing the word of God says to do of that. Course, yeah. But please come and join us. Go on the website. Kufi on campus is the, also the college arm of it as well. You can find out information about that as well. Come, the campus students will be there. The adults will be there. Come and join us in Washington, D.C. That's fantastic. And that's in Washington, D.C. That's yes, July 18th and 19th. Yes, sir. Uh, that's right around the corner. That's yes. fantastic. Yes. Well, uh, I really want to thank you so much, uh, Dumasani, for sure. being on the show today. Sure, and um, I encourage you, if you're out there and, and the Holy Spirit's stirring your heart, um, this is an opportunity to be involved, make a difference. And you know what we're doing? Like he said, you know, this is an opportunity to make an area safe for the gospel to spread. Um, that's an area of the world that has just incredible hostility against the sharing the gospel. And we want to make an effort to reach out to that. So, and Kevin, to that yeah. point, just real yeah. quick as you interject there, yeah. not only is there are Christians safe in Israel, it's the one place in the Middle East where the Christian population is actually growing. There's actually more believers. And, and once again, it's a Jewish state. It's not a Christian state, yeah, yeah. but because there's religious freedom, I mean, you can be a Christian, you can be an atheist, you can be a, sure, sure. but because of that, the gospel is ministered and you have Christians that are there growing in number while they're being literally slaughtered or all around them and everything. So that's something that a Christian should be aware of. Yeah. Here in this country. Thank you so much for making sure. people aware of this. I sure. think uh, what you're doing is fantastic. And 
Uh, please keep him in your prayers. And uh, his website is ibsi-now.org. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, and that's the Institute for Black Solidarity with Israel. Uh, please get involved. He has a fantastic book, Zionism and the Black Church. And uh, kufi.org if you'd like to really get involved. Um, we're going to be back again next week. And so um, look forward to having you. I have another guest on. We're talking about religious freedom right here in San Diego. Uh, uh, San Diego City School shut down all the Bible clubs in San Diego. And I have a special guest who's going to share how they dealt with that, how they overcame it, and how they ultimately prevailed. And uh, the gospel is still going out in these schools. So praise God for that. Stay with us. Uh, we'll, be, we'll be back next week. God bless you.